The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. And we are here with the digital world that takes place every single Friday on Freedom 106.5 FM with myself, Karen Rose, and my co-host, Janine Edwards. How is everybody doing today? Listen, we have a jam-packed show that's going to be coming up for the 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. hour. And, you know, it won't be the digital world unless we tackle some of the key things that are happening within the digital space. So I want to jump right into my first interview with data privacy specialist Rishi Maharaj and we're going to be bringing him in to talk about you know the big news that's happening right now with respects to the TSTT data leak I know there's a lot of questions that are happening in, in with respects to you know what has happened what is out in the open and you know what can citizens do at this point in time so let's get right into it so we're going to bring in Mr. Maharaj now Rishi are you hearing me I'm hearing you loud and clear, Mr. Rose. You hear me? A perfect, loud and clear. How is everything going for you today? Ah, it's been a busy day. It's been a busy <laughs> couple of couple of days, as you both know. It's it's definitely been a busy couple of days. And I think, you know, um the I mean with respect to the issue at hand with the with the data breach, I know you know everybody kind of woke up this morning uh, to front page news. You know we've been hearing about the cyber attack that happened um, last month, and you know TACT released a statement saying that you know everything was okay. They 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 were swift with their with their actions to get the attackers out, and nothing was deleted, nothing was compromised. But over uh, about the last couple of days, we know that's information has been posted so just kind of walk us through because i know you have seen um a lot of the things that have happened you know just give us some context what has happened with respects to the to the data breach so at least what we know right now uh based on what has been reported and what i've actually seen with my own eyes uh is that apparently there was an attack on the tsct system where a particular group went in and they were able to capture a set of information from from TSCT. And based on, on what I've been able to piece together, based on their own website, they actually communicated to TSCT, indicating that this information was held and that we would make this information public if you don't obviously pay some kind of fine or some kind of ransom to us. The exact numbers are unknown to me. Right. And then... It obviously was not paid, and as most ransomware do, I guess, to show, to, to use a quote from normal kidnapping terms, proof of life. Right. <laughs> they actually, they actually put some information onto online. Right. Um, and when you go online, you can actually get it online. I actually got it yesterday and accessed it. I was able to download and see. And from some of that, I've been able to see, you've got information such as people's names, their addresses. Uh, ID card numbers, driver's license numbers. You have pictures of copies of the IDs yeah. online, the addresses, uh, telephone contact numbers, etc. Right. Uh, that has been exposed online. And as we know, TSTT initially, as you mentioned, claimed uh, that nothing serious happened, that they kicked them out. Right. There was also a subsequent statement by the minister indicating that, that no attack happened. And I think now, from what I'm seeing online, TSTT has now come out and admitted and apologize that there was a compromise and some customer data or customer data has now been exposed on the dark web. Right. Now, 
you did an article with uh, Mark Lindsay for Tech News, and I think the title of yes. that article is, is pretty aptly named. What does the TST breach mean for customers? Because I think that's the big thing. Usually when we hear about cyber attacks, unless it's something that it's, it's affecting people's day-to-day, like, you know, when the attack originally happened, we know services went, off of, went offline. But now that it's data, what does it mean for customers? Well, anytime there's exposure of, of personal data online, uh, there, there is the ability of, of compromise to customers in different areas. It all depends on what uh, the attackers or what individuals who now have access to that data want to use it for. Mm-hmm. Some examples would be you can use it for fraudulent activities. Right. So people can probably now pretend to be you and probably now use that information to go and access certain services in your name, maybe financial services. Right. There's the ability for, for financial fraud if they have access to certain information like your bank account information uh, or your credit card details. And then that could be used for, for financial fraud. Uh, there's a new thing that's been going on for a while and there's been a recent uptick in it, which is something called synthetic identities. And what synthetic identities is, is where you, you mesh real information, real data with synthetic data. Right. You create a new individual uh, with a mix and mash of different data. So Rishi... That is used... I yep. want you to stick a pin. We we have to take a quick update from because we're also live on location uh, with Penta sure. Paints. We're gonna take a quick. We're gonna take a quick break, and we're coming right back. So hold that thought on synthetic data. Okay. All right. Yep. Cervical spine surgery with now non-fusion technology and disc replacement. Once again, good afternoon, Trinidad and Tobago. And uh, you are live on Freedom 106.5 FM. We are here. Thank you very much, Karen Rose, of course, Janine, Inside Digital World. Uh, this is Davey, and we are here live at the Hyatt Regency Hotel in Port of Spain, where these, um, the Trinidad and Tobago Medical Association Southern Neuroscience Conference is happening at the Hyatt Regency Hotel. We'll be bringing you all the action and activities live. So you've got to make sure and continue to, to join us here today and of course tomorrow as we bring to you riveting discussions cutting-edge research and invaluable networking opportunities it's all happening at the TT Medical Association's Southern Neuroscience Conference that's taking place here at the Hyatt Regency Hotel currently we are in the Trinidad room and we are actually with one of the doctors on platform giving some critical information as a deal with clinical um, therapy and uh, the descriptions that follow suit. All right, so at this time, 24 minutes after 12, we say good afternoon again to you, and thank you so much for tuning in to us here at Freedom 106.5 FM. Just to give you a brief reminder, we are here live, and we will be bringing you with some capsule updates and maybe a couple interviews throughout this presentation. We are the Hyatt Regency Hotel. I'm Davey at this time, and I'm taking you back to studio. Because I promise you... All right, and we are back. Thank you, Davey, for that update. Risha, are you here with us? Yes, I am. Perfect. All right. So you were talking about synthetic data and people being able to mix mix, mix and match information about you. Continue. Right. So synthetic identity is where people, like I said, they mix and match different information upon you. So, for example, they may use your real credentials, which can be fake, such as ID card numbers, bank numbers, um, even social security numbers, if you look at it from a U.S. point of view. And then they combine that with made up of fake data to create a new individual 
that has these identities right and what they now do because a lot of companies are now moving towards online verification online sign up online onboarding a lot of financial institutions are doing that they're now using this to create accounts within organizations and then through that use it as a means to create to do fraud wow so I think I know we have very, very limited, limited time because you got another interview coming up right after this. Now, the question that people, I guess, need answered right now is, you know, from your eyes, what are some of the things that people should be doing um, immediately? Because people won't know if they were affected or not, usually until it's too late. Right. So what are some of the things that they can start to do to begin to kind of protect themselves or, or shield themselves from any potential worries down the line? Well, I guess the normal go-tos would be, one, if you have any passwords, you don't have any passwords, or compromise, obviously make changes to those. Monitor your bank statements, your credit card statements, uh, especially for a lot of people now have online banking and online alerts. If you don't, I strongly suggest you have those signed up so you can see where transactions are taking place and you get notifications. Keep an eye on what's going on with your bank account because there's a possibility maybe where certain things could happen and then you have misappropriation of funds we saw recently for example with price mat i believe it was and charges being made to people's accounts mm -hmm. uh, it's just about being vigilant and keeping an eye on knowing what's going out there because sometimes people may have this data they may have access to it they don't use it right away right they may take some time they may do their own digging and they may do you know whatever they have to do and then over time something may happen Right. It's all about, I think, this needs to be your, our default mode now in an electronic age of vigilance and always looking for if something comes up that doesn't seem right, you know, you query it and everything like that. I mean, I, I think, for example, I have a recent case of myself where I was recently in London for a couple of days and I went online to do some online transaction on my online account. And interestingly enough, which was happy for me to hear, mm -hmm. um, my bank called me. And said, listen, we just got some initial, we saw some transaction going on online coming from a strange location. Uh, is everything okay with your account? And I said, yes, it was me. They did some verifications to check to make sure that it was me to authenticate and verify. So I thought that was well. Right. So not only are there things that people can do, but there are things that organizations can also do to ensure that you minimize as much as possible because the risk is there. You can't eliminate the risk, but it's about minimizing it as best as possible. And then lastly, I think we need to strongly begin to advocate for updated legislation. You know, I'm passionate about data protection. Yeah. And we don't have a data protection act that really forces companies to report these breaches to a regulator. Our cybersecurity laws are lapsed and weak, and we need those things updated for the new age that we're in. Yeah. Uh, so those are things that really need to be focused on right now. Yeah, and I think the big one, as you said, is the, the legislation that um, forces companies to report these incidents. Because as of right now, I mean, the initial breach happened a month ago. And if it wasn't for some of the information being posted online, the reality is, is this this might have been swept under, to, under the rug until who knows when, right? Um, but thank you for your comments. I'm sure we will touch base with you at a later point in time when, you know, smoke kind of clears and we get a better understanding as to what happened now that this has kind of been brought to the forefront. But as always, it's a pleasure uh, getting your insights into data protection and data privacy. Not a problem at all, Karen. And good afternoon to your, your, your peers also. Perfect. 
Ladies and gentlemen, that was Mr. Rij, Rishi Maharaj from Privacy. Um, we're going to be break, and when we come back, we're going to be speaking to cybersecurity specialist, Mr. Shivam T. Luck Singh. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability, the all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. And we are back right here on the digital world with myself, Karen Rose, and Janine. Let me see, where are you? There we go. Good afternoon, beautiful people. Freedom 106.5 FM on a beautiful Friday afternoon. What an interesting show we have for you guys. And um, my course has gone viral. So lots and lots to, to talk about and address this afternoon. We, yeah, most definitely. So we're going to be bringing in um, another person who has been, his content has been blowing up online, talking about um, what has been going on. He's giving some really good insights. And that is Mr. Shivam Tiluxing. Shivam, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good, Karen. Recording in progress. Wonderful. Yeah, that, that, don't worry. That was me. <laughs> yeah. How have you been doing? I'm good. I'm good. I just had a very interesting meeting. I'll talk to you after about that. <laughs> yeah. But it's been really wild. It's been really wild. All right. So plenty people, probably most of the nation woke up today and heard the headlines for the first time. Right. And they had, they've had no idea as to what has been transpiring over the last month. Janine, the same thing. She woke up and she's just hearing that something big has happened. So, Shivam, you know, walk us through from last month. You know, give us some context. What happened last month and what has led up to and what has happened up to this point? So, basically, what has happened over the past month is that uh, cyber terrorists, well, I'm going to say cyber terrorists, but it's a hacking group called Random X. They basically hacked into TSTT systems and they took a lot of data, over six gigs. Now, mind you, the 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 data that they've leaked online on the dark web, that's just a minuscule amount of what they could assume that they have more. So it could be terabytes of data we're talking here, you know, at the end of the day. But they posted a sample online on the dark web on their website, stating that you know if TSTT don't pay X, Y, and Z amounts of money, they will release more into right. the public. And Karen, if you see those files, I'm sure you saw the files already, you know? Yeah. Their ID cards, their phone numbers, their addresses. My information is out there what? that I found out. I, just, yeah. I checked. My information is there. Yeah. There's internal emails from Amplia as well. So not wow. only TSTT, it's mobile and Amplia. So what? Is this going on really? It's insane. It's really insane. And the thing about it is that TSTT is saying it didn't happen. I sat there and read the article saying that not, nothing happened, and I'm just still only reading the content online. Like, what? What is wrong? And I'm seeing the files. I'm seeing everything there. It's really crazy. <laughs> well, I wanna, I want to know how did you find out that your your information was leaked because I have been with V Mobile since since I was at, since I was 11. So how or how did you find out? I would like to know if my information is out there as well. So I did some research in terms of looking at the dark web. I always go on the dark web and do research for research purposes. So I fired it up and I started to look for this ransomware group and see if I found it. And I found the site and everything was right there. I just clicked it, go on it, downloaded the files, and I got access to everything. And again, like what I've went through so far is only like 5% of the data. There's so much more data there. There's Git repositories, their database, their login information for CRM. There's so many things there currently. 
So, so uh, average, oh, sorry. Go, no, go ahead, go ahead. As for an average person to go and look for this, they actually need to be an extra bit safe and extra bit cautious because you're going to go onto the dark web. While it's not illegal to do so, it, it's, it's, it's a cause of concern if you just want to do it blinded. You know, you should watch some videos, you should get some advice, or you should contact someone who actually has access to the files if you really want to know if your information is out there. But protocol dictates if this breach has happened, the company responsible is supposed to reach out to everyone that was affected and let them know that this has happened. They have not done so. Well, the, the I think that's where the gray area is because we, te- we not even technically, we don't have any data protection laws that enforce the company to report, you know, I mean, it would have been nice. <laughs> it would have been nice to get a, to get a heads up, given the magnitude. I mean, usually when a breach like this happens, you do try to keep on the hush whilst you, you know, handle what you got to do behind the scenes. But the fact that the dump happened back in October 27th. So the, the original attack happened, like, I believe it was October 3rd or, or October 7th. But we're pretty much at a month, right? And the data dump happened October 27th. Tech News broke the story. They published because uh, Tech News broke the story that Falcon IO, Falcon Feeds IO, is seeing the chatter from RansomX, the group, posting and talking about how they have TSTT's data, right? And they posted a sample size. I need people to understand that, right? Right now, we don't know exactly how much data was captured. What the six gigs was was proof of life, pretty much. When you, you know, when you kidnap somebody and you need to show that the person is alive and well, proof of life, yeah. that's essentially what that six gigs was. It was a, they posted it to say, hey, we do have your data, right? Yes. And now whatever the demands are, obviously we're not in the, in the internal capacity of TSCT, so we don't know what the demands are, but we do know that if the sample was six gigs and you're posting the files to the CRM, you're posting people's IDs, their home addresses, their phone numbers. There's a lot more data that that was captured if the sample size was only six gigs. And one of the things that um, I didn't get to touch on with our previous guest, Mr. Rishi Maharaj, one of the thing, one of the things that he said in his article with Tech News was that in data privacy, in data privacy legislation, they do not look at the volume of data. They look at the sensitivity of the data. So the statements that TSCT keeps on making that it was only it was only six gigs, bit, right? right? It's only a little bit of data. Mm-hmm. Rishi and the rest of the world for data protection laws, it doesn't matter the volume of the data. It matters the sensitivity yeah. of the data. And just from you, from what you've seen, because I know you've probably spent way more time looking at it than, than me, but, you know, what are you seeing in those files, Shivam? I'm seeing a lot of sensitive information carrying up to police reports even. And that's that's crazy to say the least. Like what what is that even doing in their um in their um what you call it, in those folders? It, it just it astounds me that, you know, the company is not taking liability for it. It astounds me that so much information was gathered. And it also astounds me that, you know, half the population didn't even know, you know? And what they tend to do is brush it under the rug. So next two weeks, you know, that whole Trinidadian mentality, next two weeks, the brush on the rug, everybody forget about it. And they're making it seem like, as, as Rishi said as well, they're making it seem like, you know, it's just six gigs of data. It's nothing much, you know? Mm-hmm. You can just get a flash drive and get that. But the sensitivity on that, it, it's so much because you could commit a lot of fraud, you could commit a lot of penalties with these persons' information. 
like legit like i could go into like if i really wanted to i could take someone's id card i could mimic it somewhere else in the world i could sign up for a bank account i could sign up for a credit card and that's it there you know commit fraud and pawn frauds wow so it's really it's really sensitive information so what can we do yeah. so what can we do now now that this has happened like normal regular citizen what am i because i don't want to get i don't want one day to open my online account and then the money's gone you know so what can we do now now that something like this breach has happened what is a regular citizen it, supposed to do what was the next step it's very difficult it's very difficult to even get that information offline or off of the dark web so that, that's a whole other thing that we're going to open up. But as a normal citizen, what you can do is actually look for where transactions, ask the company for verification, change your passwords if you have logins with that company. There's, there's a ton of things you could do to protect yourself. You just have to research the suit, and we can provide that information for you as well. Okay. Now, TSTT, TSTT released a statement um, about an hour ago, right? And I'll yeah. read the statement and we'll kind of just touch on because i think it's interesting right yeah. so tstt express uh the telecommunications services tstt has admitted finally <laughs> has admitted that the information released in the dark web by ransom x hackers indeed comprises data from their customers as such tstt said it is now apologizing to those whose information was accessed by those cyber terrorists the admission follows a story in Today's Express which highlighted that over 1 million TSCT customer records were posted on the dark web following a ransom attack. Quote from TSCT, During the past seven days, TSCT has been working with its international cybersecurity experts and has undertaken a rigorous examination of data published on the dark web after a ransom group claimed ownership of a cyber attack on TSCT. Although the published material was easily accessible, the corroboration process was time-consuming because it required uh, cross-referencing data across multiple extensive databases to verify the sources. With the support of our cybersecurity consultants, the company has determined that the data release contains largely identifying information and TSCT apologizes to those customers whose information was accessed by these cyber terrorists. Now it gets interesting from here. TACT said it is still scrutinizing the data, but the six gigs stolen from RansomX represents less than 1% of the petabytes of data the company produces and stores. Moreover, it represents information of a, and this is a quote, moreover, it represents information of a small subset of TACT's customer base. A single customer could generate hundreds or thousands of records of non-critical and non-sensitive transactions. The majority of TCT's customers' information was not accessed. Over the weekend, international hackers Ransom announced that they infected TSTT with ransomware and stole as many as 6 gigs of his data, including names, email addresses, national ID numbers, phone numbers, and a lot of other sensitive data. On Monday, TSTT issued a statement saying that on the onset of the threat, its incident response team processes were swiftly activated. However, IT experts said that the data leak is on a large scale and customers' information as well as TSCT's private information about its operations are all in the dark web. CCN Express TV6 IT head Keenan Martinez said yesterday he estimated over 1 million records in total were leaked online. TSCT has said it was determined that some of the data was accessed from a legacy system 
which is no longer utilized by TSCT, but which contains data that is in many instances no longer valid. This data is kept to ensure TSCT is compliant with relevant laws as it relates to retention of customer information. TSCT said its investigation found that no customer passwords or credentials were accessed. Due to the nature of the data accessed, internal and external security analysts have advised that there is no elevated risk of fraudulent activity for the group of customers impacted. <laughs> Some of the information can already be easily accessed via the telephone, directory, white pages. However, TSCT reminds all customers to be vigilant and alert to potential scams and fraudulent activity. And now they also go on to say that TSCT does not request, require, or store credit cards, customer passwords, approval for housings, shipping documents, and they've labeled, um, TC also denied what is labeled as false, misleading, and damaging statements regarding its data center. Then they go on to talk about how secure, resilient, and reliable their data center is, and it's ranked highly in Latin American region. TCT categorically refutes the claims that its data center was breached and therefore any claims of our corporate client data or credentials being accessed as a result of an alleged breach with our data center is inaccurate, ill-informed, and mischievous. So, I just want to say one thing. I just want to say one thing. They say it's from a legacy system, which would mean, you know, it's old files and stuff like that, but some of these files are dated in 2023. I just want to say that. Wow. Some and of these files are dated in 2023. <laughs> so what, why are you talking about legacy? That Really? That is the... That is the... You see, here's the thing, right? There's a, there's a tough balance. And Janine, you know this, right? Yes. There's a tough balance when you're in media. When a company has something of this magnitude happen... We know the general public, for the most part, can't handle a lot of things. Or you don't want to cause too much pandemonium. You don't want to cause mass panic. You don't want people to just go out and act reckless, right? Mm -hmm. But there's a fine line between giving people the, the information that they need so that they can beware and be vigilant and not giving any information at all. And the fact that this is something that happened over a month ago at this point, right? The data dump happened the 27th. There, were, there has been TACT statements released, and the minister, Marvin Gonzalez, came out and straight up said, what cybersecurity hack? That's reported. Mm -hmm. And then TACT came out and said, everything is good. Your information is safe. It was only six gigs. We've kicked the hackers out. Nothing to see here. Everything is all good. So it's not until now the, the dump happened, and it's... It's relatively easily accessible. <laughs> it's, it's relatively easy accessible. You literally download the Tor browser. The link to the files are there. And you download all the files. And you have it. So for them to say things like 6 gigs is, is nothing. For them to say things like the, it's a legacy system and it's old data. We are seeing people's passports dated to 2030. <laughs> You're seeing people's driver's permits that are valid. You have everything you need for KYC to commit acts on people's behalves. And it doesn't have to be, I think the worst part to me is that it doesn't have to be in Trinidad. If somebody wants to go and open up, a, like, you know, like we were talking about, a, a virtual account or open up a bank account mm -hmm. somewhere else. If somebody wants to copy your passport <laughs> and use it for something, that can happen. Sure. Because it's valid passports on there. 
Police reports are on there. We've even seen things where people have migrated and they had to give their new addresses in the different countries they are moving to. Those files have been a part of the, a part of the leak. Wow. You know? So, uh, Shivam, question. Is there... Is there a... Because, I mean, at this point, to me, you got to take anything that comes out from TSCT, grain of salt. If you're smart, you take it with a grain of salt. Shivam, is there any companies that specialize? Because I know in, in North America, in Canada, the UK, there are companies that you can go to with respect to data uh, identity theft that they specialize and help you manage whatever, whenever you've been exposed. Do we have any, any, any company like that in Trinidad or in the Caribbean? That we could go to? It's have a lot of freelancers within Trinidad and Tobago that are qualified to do this. But again, they end up getting a lot of clients overseas than in Trinidad themselves because of the prices that they would charge. Mm-hmm. So that, that goes into like a whole thing about wages and having cybersecurity teams and stuff in order. Because everybody has the qualifications, but again, a lot of companies don't want to invest in the infrastructure or invest into that, that type of one time payments. So it turns into a whole ordeal by itself. There are some agencies that I could probably, I can't think of on top of my head, but there are a few. I think Rishi could actually do that too. I'm not sure. If that's the same Rishi that you were talking to. I'd have to, I'd have to reach back out to him and ask. Uh, yeah. Because that, that's, that, that's, I mean, again, that's, that's the next steps. And I mean, you know, if you, if you have your passwords, and, and, I, and again, I, I don't think people understand the gravity because you have so much of your information that that is that is out there right now people could start to guess particular passwords because how many people have their birth date as a password <laughs> you exactly. you you you're an ethical hacker shivam you're an ethical hacker what is one of the what is what is one of the most popular passwords people use password but <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah now take that whole password listing and add it into what have like these listings you could download on your dark web with tons of different passwords you add it to it now so when you're doing brute force and sql injections and trying to find the correct password you can now add it to it so now you can hit the trini base because i love trinidadians like to use trinidadian based passwords you understand like double 21 double 22 all these little things so now you're adding into that so hackers can now download it and do more mischief I'm even thinking about two-factor authentication, where let's just say you don't know the password. The first questions that almost every single platform asks for two-factor authentication is, what is your birthday? <laughs> where did you grow up as a child? What is your current address? Or what is the street you... These are all security questions that get asked. So now when people have your birth date, it makes it easier to have a profile on you to guess your two-factor authentication uh, questions, because birth date is is a big one. Sh- what street do you currently? What street do you live on? Those those things are pretty big ones, right? And again, this is not this is not to we're not we're not we're not coming to scare people. This is just the reality of the situation as to as to what has happened, and we understand why it has to get downplayed, but it doesn't change the fact that your passports are, are out there. Your home addresses are out there. We are in a, a period right now where crime, home invasions are at heights that we've never seen before. And you are able to go into these documents. They're talking about legacy systems. How many people do we know have have grown up in a, in a, in a home where their great-grandparents built? Mm-hmm. 
and their address has never changed <laughs> from their great-grandparents. Right? So to say that, again, just, just to say these words, to downplay it is insane to me. When you, when you know that you have so many people who have lived in these addresses for generations. So chances are, legacy or not, that information, the home address, the phone numbers, these are things that have been, my, my grandmother's phone number is, is you know, that, that's old. You know, that, that's been around since, since probably before I was born. I don't know. Right? But it just gives you, it gives people easier access to start guessing your two-factor authentication uh, questions. Oh, it's just very, very scary. I'm just so, I mean, we mentioned earlier, so there's no law that guides this. We can't call a lawyer at this point in time to to get some sort of protection. If our data is out there, our passports are out there, nothing that can be done. Shivam, you want to jump in on that? I could barely hear you guys right now. Oh. Oh. <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry. No, uh, Janine was just asking, you know, if there was any laws that help protect people with their data. Now that it's been leaked. Yeah, that's the whole thing about it. The government needs to implement data protection laws for the citizens of the country. I could care less about the companies themselves. They have the money and the infrastructure and they could spend the resources. But us as citizens at the end of the day, if our data is leaked, what can we do? That's the same thing. Who's protecting us, Karen, at the end of the day? My information is out there. Who's going to protect me mm -hmm. if I wasn't a technical person, if I wasn't somebody that could know how to traverse the dark web? Who's going to protect me? And this is what we need for those end users who don't have the technical skills or even the knowledge or even understand how all this works. Who's going to protect them? The government needs to protect us. We need to get these laws out there. And again, I know it's very, um, what do you say, it's a long process to get these things out there. But at the end of the day, if we start now, we can implement it ASAP. Companies need to be held responsible for leaking persons' data, whether it is a cyber attack or not. CSD is a victim, yes, but look at what happened. And now want to release that statement and say that, yes, they were breached, and yes, the information is out there, and yes, X, Y, and Z. And they're still trying to sugarcoat it by saying it's legacy systems. You understand? It's only six it, gigs. Yeah. <laughs> six gigs. Only six gigs. <laughs> I can count information and do so many things with that. You know how much six gigs is? Hmm. <laughs> well, again, we've seen the files. You know, there's, 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 the reality is 1 million accounts have been, 1 million people have been affected. That's 6 of, gigs. Yeah, we have a population of 1.4. So the question now is, if 6 gigs had 1 million people being affected, what, is a, what does a terabyte look like? Billions? Does that have to be since the company started? What is... If if pentabytes, we're talking about pentabytes. If yeah. one, if six gigs, is doing this much damage, then what does a terabyte look like? Exactly. Right. Well, pentabytes is more than terabytes. Yeah. <laughs> way more. Way more. Correct. So my here, my thing is right. Me personally, I don't care about an apology, because an apology isn't getting your data off of the. Off online, uh, we shouldn't even we shouldn't even be saying dark web now because real reality is it's online. Be the last time I checked, when I looked at ye yesterday, you might you might see a different number now, but last time I checked, it was over six thousand six thousand plus downloads of the files. Ten thousand now. 
10,000 downloads of the files. 10,000 downloads. And that's the dark web, right? That's the dark web. 10,000 downloads of the files. So for me, I don't really care about the apology. It's, I, 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 would, I would respect if they came out with a campaign right now trying to educate people on what on earth to do. You have been, just as how they have crisis communications, just as how they have policies and procedures in place for a breach, right? Okay, you were breached. We, are be, we have been breached as, an, as, a, as a consequence of that. So rather than you guys doing a campaign, you guys have the money, the resources, you have all the platforms, rather than you guys saying, hey guys, you know, this is, this is what it is, right? But here's what you guys need to do immediately. And you guys start to bring, go pay a couple of cybersecurity people to come sponsor some campaigns right now. Citizens, this is what you need to do right now. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to play, you're going to sugarcoat this, and at the end of the day, it doesn't change the fact your data is still out there. And to say, you know, it's a legacy system, a lot of the information is old, this, this, this just goes to show who is in leadership and where their mindsets are. And it's, it's you know, you're, you're young, you're in your 30s, you're, you're younger than that, and it, it's just, it's just mind-blowing. <laughs> To top it off, Karen, it have a couple persons who high up in positions were very angry that we 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 shed some light into it. They were very angry about that. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, uh, those are the persons who are our leaders and you know the ones that are supposed to guide these policies and to actually be the persons to do the actions. But again, if they vex with us, what can we do at, at the end of the day? Someone else would have exposed it. Someone else, you know, would have done it. I'm glad we did it. I'm glad this happened. It because you know what? At the end of the day, at the end of the day, you had a month. Yes, and it's not like it's not like they didn't release statements. I think that's what makes it worse to me. Is that it's not like you know we did we did videos, we did content, and they never had a chance to even respond. It's it's a month later, folks. Understand the breach happened a month ago. Understand they released statements. The minister said what cyber attack. And TSTT said, it's only six gigs, nothing to see here. Everything is all good. We kicked them out. Nothing was deleted. Nothing was deleted. Nothing was modified. Now, Shivam, from your expertise, right, them saying nothing was deleted, nothing was modified. Why doesn't that matter? Because how does ransomware work? That's how ransomware would work at the end I mean, sometimes uh, uh, cyber attacks, they would take the, the data, they would delete it or manipulate it to suit and sell it back to you. But at the end of the day, if they compromise it to that much extent and they could take that data and put it online for anybody else to get, they can now utilize that and manipulate it in any way that possible. Hackers could take that data and manipulate it. Hackers could utilize it and do whatever they want. They could wreak chaos or wreak havoc on Trinidad internationally, etc., etc. They could take this data and they could sell it online for more money on the black market. Mm. Data is gold in 2023, Karen. So once you have someone's customer profile like that, once you have this data, they will be willing to buy it, if not download it. And again, they keep saying six gigs, and I want to believe it's more because I, what they post on the site was just a sample. And I think this morning they actually updated the site 
with something else they have on the description. I can't remember exactly what it is right now, but I'll check as I'm done with this phone call. I don't have I don't have this stuff on my on my on my laptop. I have a, my my computer another computer. But um yeah. what um another thing that um oh man there was there was there was something else you had said. It just it just slipped my mind. It just slipped my mind. This this yeah the six gigs is again that that's that's just a sample size folks right and we don't know the depth as to as to what as to what is going on you know as as for the next steps you know uh, just to kind of reiterate because at the end of the day it's you know we don't want to just keep beating the dead horse and say you know what what happened but at the end of the day you know now is a good time to start checking your accounts because guess what there was there was a big fraudulent um, there's a big fraud wave happening right now with Republic Bank right. Over the weekend and the past couple of days, people, hundreds of people have reported that they have been defrauded from Republic Bank where their credit cards have been charged. I'm one of them. I'm going through the process right now. Um, Ali, fraudulent charges from AliExpress, fraudulent charges from Amazon. I woke up to put money on my credit card yesterday and I seen 300 U.S. gone charged to AliExpress. I go online. Hundreds of people are reporting fraudulent charges from a public bank. This is two weeks after the whole Price Smart debacle. And now we're getting fraudulent charges again from Republic Bank. And this is days after the cybersecurity the cybersecurity dump online. We're not saying that it's connected, you know, but the timing isn't good. The timing isn't good. Southwest Regional Health Authority was hacked as well. The South West Regional Health Authority has been hacked as well. Do we know if there's any data or any files published online from Southwest? As of right now, I'm not sure, but I will be looking later to see if I see anything. I know they're not online back yet, and I think they passed it over to iGov to bring them back online. So right now they don't, they're operating with our internet. And okay. I know for a fact that they utilize Microsoft Access and they even still use systems on Windows 7. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I'm not too sure about their IT infrastructure right now. I'm not too sold on it. Okay. So I can see how it can to them. So we we have a good bit of, and I think, you know what? The, 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 the irony about this is that October is Cybersecurity Awareness Month, right? Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And we didn't really put, I didn't really see a focus on cybersecurity for the month of October, right? I was actually in Bahamas uh, for the last two weeks, and the first week was the Organization of American States, OAS, their cybersecurity symposium. And that symposium shed so much light as to the state of cybersecurity in the Caribbean. And one stat that stuck out to me was that there was a 93% gap in terms of skills, uh, in terms of workers needed to actually secure the Caribbean region. We really don't have enough cybersecurity specialists. Fortinet has also signed an MOU with Costat two weeks ago to create the first cybersecurity program um, in Trinidad and Tobago alongside Costat. You know, now, again, we, these, unfortunately, these are the situations that we, we can only hope is the catalyst for change. And, you know, I know everybody in cybersecurity right now is begging for better data protection laws because... The reality is, is that you're a victim when you are hacked. It's nobody's fault when you are hacked. But I think the response, I mean, I mean, I know some cybersecurities would, would, would don't would probably not like me to say it like that because the reality is 
you know, if 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 you have people's sensitive data and you're not protecting it properly, then you should be liable if if you're not protecting it properly, right? But that's that's another conversation, right? In terms of in terms of you know. So Shivam, let me ask you this: If a company, if a company is um, if a company, what what can a company do? Who should a company reach out to? I'm not, I'm not getting you. Hold on. We're going to take a quick break. Siobhan, give me one minute. We're going to be taking a quick break. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. And we are back with right here on the digital world. All right. So, Shivam, we're going to ask. We have one more question for Shivam before we make our switch to our next guest. So, Shivam, are you still with us? And we are back right here on the digital world with myself, Karen Rose, and Janine. All right. Let me see. Janine, try again. <laughs> try again, Janine. Hey, guys. I have a feeling. I have a feeling that mic is not, is not working, you know. I have a feeling. All right. Grab that. Yeah, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, just, to, just to kind of wrap up and bring our last interview with the close. Shivam, if you are, I want to end with this question. If you are a uh, business right now, you're a small business and you want to start protecting yourself, what are some things that a small to medium-sized business can do to protect themselves and put some some sort of cybersecurity measures in place for their business? You can automatically right now, if they're using third-party antivirus software, to uninstall that right now, because majority of that free antiviruses give a lot of trouble. I would suggest, however, to install Malwarebytes, which is one of the best ways to do so. I would also suggest utilizing Brave Web Browser because it's one of the best right now when it comes to security. And finally, you know, contact me. I can provide some assistance to you if need be. And how can they reach out to you? They can reach out to me via social media or my email, tloxingcs at gmail.com or even calling me at 263-8193. Get that phone number for us again. 263-8193. Perfect, Shivam. This was a very enlightening conversation, and I'm sure you know as the as the dust settles and we see how the situation unfolds, I'm sure we'll be touching base with you again. One thing I wanted to add, Karen. Jump in. The last time I was here, I, I made a prediction. I told you they were testing new waters, and the worst was to come. Mm. And look what has happened. Yeah. <sighs> let's 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 hope for the best. <laughs> Shivam Tilak Singh, thanks again for your contribution today. No problem, guys. Take care. Be safe. All right. All right. Bye. All right. All we're right. gonna we're going to take a quick break. When we, a quick break. When we come back, I feel for bake. Yeah, I'm hungry. Maybe hungry. <laughs> hungry. I feel it hungry. We have to figure out the mic situation as well. We will. We're gonna get All right. So as we come back, there'll be more digital world after this. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio, Freedom 106.5. We are back right here on the digital world. Janine, give us a test, Janine. Hello? I'm hearing you loud and clear, loud and clear. So we're going to be switching gears for our next interview. We have the co-founders of Foodie Nation, Mr. Sean Alexander and Rhett McCarthy. And we also have Katie and Preston online joining us from Miami from Carob Shopper. How are you gentlemen doing today? Give me a test again. There we go. Wonderful, wonderful. So this is a good time. And I'm doing, and I'm, 
<laughs> and I'm doing very well to be in the fine company of you gentlemen. <laughs> Kadian, how is everything in Miami, man? Busy, my brother, but you know it's a pleasure being on your show. I wish I wish you were here in person. I know you I know you were supposed to be coming in, but I know there was some there was some change of plans. Yeah, the weather run me off, brother. Here's nothing but thunderstorms in Trinidad right now, boss. Hmm. Hold on, it's it's raining outside right now. Yeah. Yeah. I came when we came in was blazing sun. Yeah, it was hot sun. It's blazing sun, but that's good, man. So just to set the tone, so we have the holiday season coming up right now. It's November. This is the perfect time for anybody who has not started to take their business online. I know we've had a heavy conversation leading up to this, but nonetheless, there are still major benefits to taking your business online, understanding how to start building your brand, to start attracting the right clients to your business and then also how we can start to sell our products and export the products from trinidad and tobago and also in jamaica for those tuning in to places like the u.s and canada and i believe we'll see if the uk is available for you guys as yet so just to start i mean foodie nation you guys have become pretty much the biggest names when it comes to food vlogging and just putting so many other businesses on the map so let's start talking with that when it comes to building your brand right and we're talking about small businesses who might not necessarily have the resources the funds the know-how in terms of building their brand leveraging social media you know let's talk about that what are some of the things that small businesses can start doing in terms of using social media and building the name online well um before before we get into that i just wanted to give you all this we brought I love food. That is what we're talking about. So this is is actually a very good example Uh of how you can promote your brand on Foodie Nation. So if you have a product to us, you could tell us what that product is, who your target demographic is, your target market. It is not limited to Trinidad and Tobago. Right. And we use our creative expertise to come up with. It could be a recipe video. It could be a feature video. So in this case, this is Perfi. This is a fusion of Pira and uh-huh. Barfi. Because, you know, um, Diwali is a few days away. Yes. Right. So we get it into that whole, you know, holiday spirit. Right. Yes. So we thought it best to just bring bring all this to taste at one time. So this video is actually launched today. Uh-huh. Yeah, highlighting um, Super Cow Powdered Milk. Oh. Super Cow Powdered okay. Milk. Okay. Well, I'm going to eat this as I come off here. <laughs> In case I need a beverage. And it's and so pretty. I'm just here chomping away online. So, yeah, no, that's definitely a good that's def- a good way to start. Now, I know you are the man behind the camera, right? And everything in today's day and age is all about, you know, content, getting yourself online. So, you know, how can people start to get comfortable using the cam, creating creating content for social media? I would say pick up what you already have your phone and put yourself out there tell your story be authentically you mm-hmm. and people will just find their way in front in front of your your content mm-hmm. and, and and your product will naturally sell itself you know people people tend to they tend to overthink the process of of, of marketing and, and promotion and stuff but just get yourself out there put yourself out there pick up your phone start recording start taking pictures and posting right yeah 
I agree. I think it's so interesting that you all have teamed up, though, you know, and uh, I'm very excited to hear what uh, our good friend online, because I know he, he approached me about some of the products. Shout out to you. And he approached me, yeah, with some of the products. And I, I went online and I said, ooh, I saw some things that, you know, really took me away. So I'm very excited to hear about how did that even come about and, and stuff like that. Where do you see it going? Katie, you want to jump in? Sure, man. I mean, look, the best partners are the best, right? Um, so Foodie Nation has been doing a great job in promoting Trinidadian cuisine, Trinidadian culture to the world. Carb Shopper has been doing a great job in bringing Caribbean products and making it ubiquitous in the world. So we thought it was a, a, a great match that we partnered with uh, Foodie Nation to help tell the stories of our brands in Trinidad. And we'll be expanding that partnership past Trinidad. But as we, as we speak right now, um, you know, getting the, the story, the content, what the product is so people internationally can learn more about these products and buy them is is what we're doing and helping these manufacturers to grow and helping them to get their business out there to the world so Karan, you you know this from day one it was all about the mission the mission about bringing caribbean products to the world the partnership with foodie nation is just uh, a piece of that to help it to grow and um since we started we've had a successful partnership and I think a lot of the merchants are benefiting from what we're doing. Okay. So, you know, one thing I want you guys to touch on, we'll start with the Foodie Nation team, then we'll come back to you, Katie. And, you know, why is it more important now more than ever to start getting your business in the eyeballs of the external markets? Why is it important to start thinking beyond the borders of Trinidad and Tobago? Sean? Yeah, well, you know, now with the internet, the world is a smaller place. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, in addition to that, persons are seeking authentic products you know when you see the caribbean they want to they want to taste they want to touch they want to feel the caribbean they want to they want to truly experience the caribbean but the reality is not everybody could come to the caribbean right so Mm -hmm. why not take the caribbean to them and one of the best ways to experience a product a destination or entity is through food that is one of the best ways so um, for us, it's it's a no-brainer because we have we have community all over the world, all over the world. So f- so with this partnership, what this partnership allows us to do is to have our community touch Foodie Nation, you know, partake in Foodie Nation, you know, get a little tangible return on their investment in the community. So I mean, it's it's amazing, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. and I think. To, to kind of follow up on that, a lot of people over the years have been watching our content and seeing these different merchants uh, producing great products and they've been always wanting a taste. How could we get this? How could we try that? You know, how could we buy it? And it's so great that Carib Shopper took the initiative to get these products, get these entrepreneurs out there to push their product and their, and their, and their, and their service to, to the wider world, you know? Yeah. And social media just kind of is the, is the perfect glue yeah. to bring all that together, mm-hmm. you know? It's just perfect. Canadian, how important is it for people's businesses to be starting to export or starting starting to think export? It, it is more important now than ever um, because growth and scale, you, you have no limits to your scale 
outside of your border, you have a limit to your scale inside your border. And we need to grow the Caribbean to be stronger. Karan, you've been preaching going digital. You're on the radio now. You started from, from Instagram. And there's a reason why your content matters today in a world that have gotten smaller because of the internet and just where we are in technology. Caribbean manufacturers should focus primarily on scale and, and, and providing their service and product to their local market. But scale internationally makes them limitless and brings foreign exchange and helps grow our community and helps build a bigger ecosystem. So the list goes on on the benefits of doing so. Fantastic. Now, can you all tell us about some of the products that have been really doing very well within uh, the collaboration? Just highlight a couple of the products if it's not too much. Yeah, well, maybe um, maybe Kadian might be better suited to to list some of the products. He has all the, the analytical data, <laughs> you know, because I mean the the so as Kadian said, we know that the partnership is doing well. We know that the merchants we featured um are getting a, a return on their investment. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure Kadian would be better suited to you know talk about probably the the top two or something like that. Wow, I mean <laughs> the first one that we have. I mean, the first, no, I mean, I think every single merchant that we have featured has seen over 200% increase in sale, literally. I mean, uh, the, the Charla Farms um, was, was excellent. Um, also, um, what's the one that we just did, Sean? We just did, um, and we released it two weeks ago. Golden roots. Golden roots. The 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 freeze dried products. Shadow Benny, pepper, breadfruit. Wow. Yeah, different yeah. products. He's freeze drying. The the Charlo Farms he referenced this is a dehydrated pimento. So remember pimento cannot grow all over the world. Correct. Right. So why not dehydrate it? The the expiration um the shelf life, sorry, I believe is two years. Yeah. Something uh, like that. So she could ship that literally yeah. all over the world. You know, this yeah and, and and golden roots golden roots i think they've been out of stock for for at least the last four days and that's that's primarily due to the content that we produced within this partnership and just to let you know karen and everybody and sean tell me if you want me to release this this is something that both foodie nation and and carib shop are, are providing for at uh, no cost to our merchants, you know, and we both we both independently saw that this is part of our mission, and we are forging ahead because we know that the barrier to success would be people looking at the cost, not what they can gain, not the value they can they, they can gain. So now showing these examples will now bolster the future in in us doing this continuously. Um, for a lot more merchants, you know this makes so much sense when you when you think about it because one of the areas that small businesses specifically struggle with is marketing their business. Right, that's one of the first things they struggle with. The other area that they struggle with is well, they might not have the technical skills to be able to build a platform, you know, get a website or, you know, build their own marketplace. You know, we're not expecting them to do that, but they might struggle with building that platform, getting payments, being able to ship and get the logistics from their products 
right here from Trinidad to out to, to to places around the world, right? So the fact that you guys have partnered, you guys are really uh, focusing on alleviating the key problems that all small uh, all small business owners are having is it, it's a match made in heaven when you really think about it. So you know, kudos for you guys for actually teaming up because I could only see this continuing to grow. When you guys talk about something, listen, I. Bodo lives rent free in my head. <laughs> right? Bodo lives rent free in my head. I'll be licking my chops. I wonder if I could drive to my yard and go check Bodo. You know? And that's because, you know, Bodo's always popping up. A lot of the Mayaro fisher people, like the fishermen that you guys have um, featured over the years, they pop up in my head and whatnot. So you guys have done a tremendous job putting a lot of small businesses on the map. But naturally, I'm sure when you guys are looking in the comments, people are like, oh, my God, I can't wait to get to Trinidad. Or I can't wait to come for Carnival, and that's the first place that I'm going to. So now when you guys are featuring uh, brands or, or companies or small businesses where they actually have a product to export, the next logical step is, okay, I can click on a link, buy it, and now have that come de that delivered directly to me. That's, that's good, man. How are you guys feeling about it? I mean, we love it. You know what I mean? We, um, you know, just to speak a little further on what Kadion said, you know, we believe in strategic partnerships, which is why the agreement is structured like that. When mm -hmm. merchants, nothing comes out of their pocket, you know, so, so to be fully transparent, we just get a commission from every sale. So we are, we, we have bought into this agreement, you know, we'll, we are not just filming a video, producing a video, putting it out and then that's it. No, we are fully fully committed to this agreement because for us we believe in promoting the diaspora you know what i mean this is this is why we get up every day and do this we're not doing this for likes and shares you know i mean yeah we're happy to get paid at the end of the day but you know it's it's a full commitment and it's a true partnership everybody wins no the, the uh, uh, no affiliate it makes sense everybody wins jen <laughs> <laughs> I know where I get it out there. No. <laughs> I, I chose the products. I am just like, I need Karen's guidance with a lot of these things. Ask him. We have a consultation service we set up. So we supposed to sit on and work it out. But I, I've seen the products that I'm interested in. And my follow-up question to all of this is, now that y'all have teamed up, Foodie Nation and um, Carb Shopper, like a, a young business owner, entrepreneur, let's just say my good cousin, Whose, um, whose stuff is now available in supermarkets. Um, how does somebody become part of Foodie Nation and this collaboration with Carb Shopper? How can a young entrepreneur, business person, how they can contact you all, how they can become part of this team? Right, so they will have to contact Carb Shopper. Yeah, so Kadian, I don't know if you want to... What's the onboarding process, uh, Kadian? It's very simple. You go to carbshopper.com, Scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page, become a merchant, fill out the application, and one of our merchant success people will respond to you. We'll onboard you, and then we'll put you in, in the queue to work with our with us and our Foodie Nation partnership. Very easy. So how do you Easy guys, breezy. Easy breezy. How do you guys, because I know one of the key things with content is keeping it authentic, right? So how do you guys, is there a process you guys use to kind of determine what you guys are going to do content on? Are you guys, what, what is the method to the madness? Can you, can we, can we, is that something we can ask? <laughs> um, I think the easiest way to answer that would be the same thing I said before. Yeah. Keeping it authentic. Yeah. And allowing the merchant to tell their story. 
So a lot of the merchants who we would have interviewed in the past could probably remember this. Um, I repeat, I repeatedly ask them to, to to tell their story in their own words. A lot of times you meet people and they try to put on the the, the, the TV anchor persona. They try to be perfect, and we're like, no, no, that's that's not. You don't need to do that. Yeah. Just be yourself. Be yourself. Tell us about you, the product. Why did you start? You know what? What will sell itself? You know that's the beauty about of our culture and our people. Uh, we are so so unique, and we need to, I think, realize that and tap into that more. Right. You know? That that is the that is our strength. Yeah, here in Trinidad and the Caribbean. Yeah, because I mean humans. Um, seem to forget that we are social beings you know humans buy from humans we connect and that is the best way to sell something which is why Rhett says that and, and we are adamant about that sometimes it takes hours yeah. you know to get them comfortable and get them talking but we cannot tell them what to say it has to come from them it mm -hmm. has to be authentic yeah. that's the only way and that right there is the most is the most important part is being authentic and being able to tell your story, which is why, you know, again, a guy like a Bodo, right? <laughs> he everything in the video, you know that this is him. Right. And you can feel the authenticity. You can see the authenticity. You see him in his element, the way he talks, the mannerisms. And again, people are so you have people that are self-conscious. And they put on the TV persona because they feel like, you know, if I were to be myself, it's not going to translate online. People are not going to buy from me. And you're wrong. The more authentic you are, the reason why Cardi B is Cardi B is because Cardi B is Cardi B. Like she is just herself. And as whatever you have to say about her, she is herself. And that resonates with some people. And even if people don't always agree with her mannerisms or how she is they respect her because at the end of the day she is she and she's not putting on a show for anybody so when you can get on camera and start to tell your story create your content showcase your why why are you doing what you are doing talk about your products where did you learn how to cook where did you learn how to make i never heard of perfume i don't even know about barfi so i would i would be very interested in hearing what what is what is perfy and hearing how did that come up, what was the thought process, because we've interviewed a couple of chefs Correct. at this point in time, Correct. and just their thought process when they're creating these things, you get so in, you get so enthralled in their story because you can't hide passion, right? And as long as, you know, and you guys do an amazing job, what I'll give you credit for is you guys have mastered the art of getting people comfortable to even tell their story on in in the space that you guys are because knowing that is going out in at this point it's millions of people <laughs> so you know that's amazing now for the small businesses who are thinking about should i really be taking my business online i want to highlight this again it's christmas time from a marketing perspective why is it a good time right now to start marketing your business and leveraging the partnership that carob shopper has with foodie nation um, to start putting their business online yeah well the best time to do anything is right now eh? yeah you know what i mean so outside of christmas the time is now but i mean christmas is the best time to capitalize because you know we need season of giving we need season of sharing yeah mm -hmm. you know so persons want you'll have the diaspora all over the world who may want that taste of home for the holidays etc etc so i mean yeah now would be the best time to do it and one of the things i love about carb shop in working with them behind the scenes is that um one of the things we realize is that they go a very long way in helping to prepare their merchants for success 
you know, because like with Rhett and I, we would help prepare merchants for that um, for that response. Mm-hmm. You know, they need to be ready for that influx of sales, influx of new customers, um, um, overall engagement. And Carib Shopper does the same exact thing. They, they help yeah. to prep their vendors into, okay, you need to have X amount of product ready on standby to export, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, so I mean, yeah, it's just, it's been good. Because it don't make sense Foodie Nation put you on, on Front Street. And then you got no product <laughs> to, yeah, to, yeah, to go yeah, and to yeah. go and sell. Now, Katie, and what are some of the things that what are some of the tips that you would give to small business owners? Um, what were some tips that you would give them in order to start selling on Carib Shopper? Because we know not everybody comes to the table ready to start selling and ready to start shipping products. So what are some of the tips that you would give them to get them ready to have a better experience when they're starting off? I mean, I think number one is uh, after you become a merchant on Carib Shopper, right? Um, I think, listen, we have we send out these tips and we, we go as far as create, give you artwork and, and stuff to put out. And, and we've been very, very specific that guys, we can't do it without your help. Like don't just list your products and expect us to do the work. It doesn't work that way on Amazon. It doesn't work that way on eBay. It doesn't work that way on any platform, <laughs> period, end of story. But yet still, the ones that succeed are the ones that listen to that advice, follow what we say. The ones that don't succeed at well on our platforms are the ones that don't put in the work. And I can't seem to, to echo that as loud as possible. It still does, for some reason, doesn't resonate strongly. And it... It, it, it's critical to growth and it's critical to success. And that's one of the big things, the big call outs to our merchants. They think just list the product. And I, and I challenge anybody, list the product on my platform, list the product on Amazon and, and see, don't do anything and see what happens. The same thing is going to happen, nothing. You understand? Or very little. And, and, and so that is my biggest pet peeve. Um, Sean, big ups to, the, to, to giving the team um, the, the credit for, for, for working really hard on the back on the back end of things because that's what we do and we might not be perfect all the time but you know respect to that on, from uh, the Foodie Nation family but yeah the number one thing Karan is we can't do it all for you you gotta work too so what would you guys so Foodie Nation team what tips would you guys give the merchants who you know as Kadian said they list right and they expect the platform to do all the work. And, oh, wow, we have the juggernauts, Foodie Nation, talking about us. You know, everything is going to be amazing. We don't got to do nothing. What are some tips that you guys would give the businesses, you know, to work, to, to do work alongside the work that you guys would be doing for them? Well, I would say when, when you get on Carib Shopper and you get that spotlight, I think the, you, you're kind of starting over in terms of, in terms of your marketing, in terms of the groundwork. Because um, I'll give an example with, with Golden Roots. Um, and as Kidian said, he, they sold out. Um, I, when we were filming that, fe- that feature, I, I was like, bro, you need to prepare. You need to prepare. It's going to be big. It's going to be huge. You're going to sell 10 times the amount that you normally sell. And he, yeah. were like, he was like, for real? I was like, yeah, you need to call your farmers. You need to get your stocks up. This is going to be serious. And that's something that we tell all merchants, all merchants for years. Prepare, prepare, prepare. It's going to be big. And you need to use that opportunity to leverage further sales beyond 
the couple of weeks of hype, the couple of months of hype, you need to figure out how you could turn this into years of consistent growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and just to elaborate on what Red said, you know, when he spoke about um, it's almost like if you're starting over, what he means is overall communication. Because remember, you're always introducing yourself to new customers. So it may seem repetitive, but you have to constantly be engaging, communicating, putting out general information across all your social platforms. And if you don't have social platforms, then s- something really wrong with you. In this, in this day and age, if you're not on social media, something is wrong with you. Because believe it or not, we, have, we continue to interact with, all the time. With, with small merchants who have amazing products yeah. and some of the best stories. Yeah. And the only way you could get them is via phone call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It, yeah, we've seen a lot of that in the food and beverage conference where we had some really good stuff. And we were like, yo, where can we buy it? And they're like, well, take our phone number and WhatsApp us. <laughs> and I was like, uh, <laughs> no Instagram, no no website. And they're like, nah, just, just WhatsApp us and we'll. I'm like, bro, oh, there's so much. There's so, like, this. these products are so good to be. Making to, to life harder. They're making life harder. They're making life harder. And then we, and then we wonder, we have a lot of small businesses that wonder, you know, they'll say things like, things are hard, sales are hard. And then you look and you're like, yo, but you don't even have the basics. We don't even got a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. You know, what are we expecting to happen if nobody knows about you to purchase the products? And then Carob Shopper shines that light and then you're unprepared because you don't have enough stocks, right? And I don't think people believe. I don't think people believe. Like, yes, you guys are big. I don't think people believe at the impact that you guys have, right? And now that you have a, a logistics partner with Carob Shopper, where there's a platform, the payments can happen, and the products can be shipped, you know, that impact is immediate, and it's going to be 10x because now it's not just Trinidad. Mm-hmm. Now it's not, you know, we're only, we, we're only taking orders from how many phone calls we answer. Now you're just going to get emails, ping, 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 order placed. And when the order is placed... You got to fulfill because the money has already jumped up and paid, you know. So I guess that's a question I want for, for you, Kadian. You know, now that you have a foodie nation on board and some of the merchants might not necessarily be in the best position to handle volume, you know, what mechanisms are you putting in place for when those orders come in and that merchant is out of stock or they can't fulfill the order? You know, what mechanisms are you putting in place so that does not happen? So that's, that's, that's the, the problem where our merchant success team and our fulfillment teams run into from time to time where merchants are not proactive in letting us know because we tell them we, we are we have the most beautiful store it's e-commerce nobody's they're coming online we can put a easy message out of stock click this button we'll notify you when back in stock so if you lost that instant sale because your product was out of stock we also can tell the demand of your product when it comes back in stock. So we can help you along that way. But for some reason, along the, along the way, that, um, you know, again, the ones that put in the work, we, we, we communicate and they understand that it's a partnership. Um, and, and it's something that, you know, consistency, you know, will tell you. Woody Nation said it. We're going to 10x you. Be ready, be ready, be ready, be ready. 
with 20 XO, all right, now you're going to have to reload and come again. But in those situations, the minute our fulfillment team, which, you know, they touch bases probably the day after with every single merchant, whether it's through our dashboard or a, a WhatsApp or a direct call, hey, this item that you got notified on, we need it. Um, if it's not in stock and we ask, we're going to ask the question, are you going to be out of stock for a while? Once it's out of, once we know that, we, we take the pro product off the, off, the, off the system, put it out of stock, and put a, no and put a notify button for people who, are, who came to the site for that specific product so that they can be notified in the future of it, that when it's back in stock. Wonderful. So it's, a, it's an arduous process. Long story short, it's an arduous process, but it's something that we're working on improving with our merchant communications. All right, great. And the affiliates program, um, well, I, I tapped on the form. I tapped on the form, but Karen knows the long story short about, um, I just, I'm really bad at passwords, guys. So you're asking me to enter a password. I don't know the password, so I can't get past that part. But um, the affiliate program, tell, tell uh, anyone who's interested now in partnering and being an affiliate how they can get that Cause, done. Because we have foodies around Trinidad, we, right? Yeah, we, have a, we have a lot everybody. of foodie nation wannabes, right? <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, yeah, but yeah, go ahead. Talk, talk about the affiliate program. Kadian, you want to jump in? I think we lost Kadian. All right, how did how do you guys how do do you guys know how people can sign up as an affiliate? I think Kadian just came oh. back in. Oh, yeah, oh, okay. oh, I'm back. I'm okay, back. I'm back. <laughs> there is uh on the if you scroll on to the bottom of the website, CaribShopper.com, you'll see a, a link that says become an affiliate. Click that button, and uh, we will be looking forward to your to your uh, application. Okay. And my final question before we wrap is, you know, right now the big conversation is security. So we've been talking about uh, cybersecurity um, because, you know, there's been some heavy, high-profile breaches and whatnot. You know, people who are worried about, the, I mean, you're processing payments, you're, you're handling their money. You know, talk to us a bit about how secure the Carib Shopper platform is and how much you focus on the security of your merchants and their funds, Kadian. Absolutely. Um, the one thing that keeps me up at night, right? Because uh, hackers have been able to hack into NASA. They have been able to hack into many highly regulated um, industries and organizations. So we've, we've chosen the best of the best to partner with where that's concerned. So as far as or, or security on the marketplace side, we've used the number one platform in the world. Um, I don't think I don't even think we need to say what their name is. They're the number one platform in the world is Shopify, mm -hmm. and if and 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 we are on the highest plan with Shopify. So we have a three dead security on on payments, and we also have two FA on everything. And if Shopify gets hacked, there's a lot of people that will be down. But there, this is also backed up from a standpoint or or data and information, and on the payment side. We have uh, the payment processing is separate from the is separate from the platform. So the platform is hot. That doesn't mean the payment system is hot. And we and and the payment provider uh, doesn't store card information, which is which is the biggest one in the world. Stripe, they they store hashtags and they store last four. So if they get hacked, that's another thing. But we also have insurance to pr protect us 
if that's the case, um, if it ever happens to these big organizations. So we've chosen the best in our stock in order to put ourselves in the best position um, in order for, for future possible uh, issues. But um, this is my background, guys. I, I was, my college degree is in computer science and I focus on um, one of the things when I came out of college, I built trading platforms on Wall Street. So security and looking at how we mitigate challenges, knowing that it's all that people are working harder to, to get into you and, and, and to hurt you than you are working to, to stop them is always going to be the case. So um, it's, it's about, you know, making sure that your stock is, is one that uh, gives you the best options possible. And, and if worse comes to worse, you have the insurance to, to take care of what needs to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. For closing remarks, Foodie Nation team. Yeah, man, well, <clears throat> get on to Carb Shopper. Shop all their products about Foodie Nation. <laughs> 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 Merry Christmas. <laughs> Shameless plugs. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Katie, and closing remarks. Um, become a merchant, shameless plug, sign up to Carb Shopper. Um, you know, let's let's keep the carbon culture at the top of our tongue and pushing it to the world. Wonderful. Thank you, Foodie Nation and the Carb Shopper team. Always a pleasure. And I'm sure in a couple of months we'll be talking to you guys again with some success stories. I know we, I know we we're going to do some success stories today, but, you know, next time we come in, we'll definitely be talking about success stories. We'll probably even talk to some of the vendors you guys have been working with as well. So thanks again. We'll be seeing you guys soon. So we're going to take a quick break and there'll be more Digital World after this. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. That is such a big tune. Living La Vida Loca. Who's living La Vida Loca with me on this glorious Friday? It is the digital world with myself, Karen Rose, and Janine Edwards. And this happens every single Friday from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. We've I, we actually missed you because we had two weeks where we did not have shows because I was out in the Bahamas and then last week Janine was out covering Tobago Carnival so we are back after a little bit of a two week hiatus but you know the conversation continues and we know the big story right now um, that's that uh, broke today was the cyber attack on TSCT so we're going to be kind of jumping back into it because we want to start then better position better position the citizens so that they can kind of understand you know what has happened and how best we can protect ourselves and also what some what are some solutions that businesses can take so our next guest coming up is mr justin let now justin hails from the industrious community of point fort in trinidad justin who is a digital entrepreneur and founder and ceo of true me id brings two decades of experience in the digital arena with multiple certifications in business, digital marketing, cybersecurity, digital transformation, AI, and machine learning, he has excelled in various sectors, including government communications, media, advertising, and technology. Having founded a creative agency and Ignition Innovation, a technology company, Justin has collaborated with renowned organizations such as HBO, Coca-Cola, the UNDP, GE, General Electric, uh, Atlantic LNG, Royal Unibrew, the City of Miami, and a variety of Caribbean governments. 
Now his unwavering focus is on digital identity. It is propelling the Caribbean region towards a new way of doing business, creating policies and achieving specific sustainable development goals by 2030. Now, I just had Justin on the line and we just lo- we just lost him. So we're going to go and try to get him back online so we can have this conversation with Mr. Justin Lett from True Me ID. But I would love to hear from you. Feel free to call us at 627-3223, 627-3223 or 625-2257, 625-2257 or drop us a WhatsApp 306 306- 1065 this is whatsapp 3061065 and let us know how you guys are feeling with the news are you guys worried about the law the the data breach you know what we're just doing a temperature check let us know what you guys what your thoughts on the data breach is and we have justin back justin how are you doing today i'm good i'm good i'm good lovely we just i had the whole grand entrance and i look back and i'm like oh no we just lost him <laughs> listen i say i say this one of we live in a place where it rain, they say rain don't stop cricket but it seems like rain has stopped the internet yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> i don't know depending depending where you are yeah you know a lot all of people right, would right. a lot of people could attest to that when the rain starts it's like the internet just starts to act up you know <laughs> so you just you just flew in you just flew in you you know you you're spending some time in Trinidad right now how has things been for you things have been great um the year has been a whirlwind um we have been, you know, pushing in the direction, as as you know, in digital transformation, specifically in digital identity, and that has really kind of taken off in in many different assets and aspects of where we're at. Um, so right now, a lot of what we're doing is US based, right. but you know, being able to get to to the Caribbean. Right. Now you have started the company. Oh no, I think. Oh no. Justin, give me a check. Let me know if you're here. Because you just froze on my end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think um, the last bit we yeah. the last bit had blurred out because it, it had froze. Justin, let me know if you okay. can hear me. Okay. Yeah. Um you hearing me? Yeah, can you hear loud and clear now? Yeah, loud and clear now. Probably not. You could take off your video. That should help. Take off the video and then ju- we'll just do the audio. Yeah, there we go. Let me know if you're with yeah. me. Okay, so, perfect. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm saying. I think we just lost. So, Justin, it's 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 chopping up. So, what you could do for me is is try exiting, try exiting the Zoom link, and then coming right back in, and let's see if that helps. Try exiting the Zoom. Try exiting the Zoom and then come right back. Let's see if that let's see if that helps. While Justin is while we're sorting out the technical issues with Justin, again, we would love to hear from you, the public. You know, how are you feeling with regards to the one million accounts that have been um, affected due to the data breach with TSCT? You could give us a call at 627 3223 six two five two two five seven or drop us a whatsapp at three zero six one zero six five um justin has just stepped out he's gonna try to see if we can get that service back in as we know depending on the area that you are in when the rain hits 
then sometimes it gives us some problems with the connection. But I would love to hear from you because a lot of people still haven't fully grasped, you know, what is what has happened. And even though it has happened, I think the better conversation to have is what next? What can the citizens do? What are some of the security measures that we can kind of put in place to protect ourselves? Because at the end of the day, we know that the companies, the bigger companies, they are going to, they have the resources, they can rebound. But the regular folks, you know, now if, if you're somebody where your data has been, you know, put out there, um, you know, what is the next the next steps? So I would love to talk to Justin about that and see where we can go from there. Don't forget, you can call us at 627-3223. That's 627-3223. Now... Let me see. Let me check the let me check the WhatsApp because I'm seeing some messages coming in. Let's see what they are saying. Uh, duh, 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 duh. Yeah, I'm getting a couple of messages. Yes, people are worried. I got a question asking uh, what can be done. What can be done now that the information has been been put out there? So just to kind of piggyback off of what uh, Rishi Maharaj was saying earlier and Shivam Tiluxing. Uh, the first thing that you could do would be to start changing your passwords, right? The other thing you can do is, you know, start to monitor, be vigilant, start to monitor your bank transactions. You know, we did have some fraudulent transactions happening with Republic Bank over the last couple of days. Um, you know, with a leak like this, that could potentially happen more. So you want to be, you want to ensure that you're checking your statements, check your credit cards, check your bank accounts, make sure no nefarious activities were you know done uh and just be vigilant because again one thing that rishi had said is that when people get hacked they don't necessarily use your information right away they might wait so now is a good time if you're somebody who does not use internet banking now might be a good time to go and register learn how to use internet banking learn how to turn on the alerts so that you can set these things up so that you can be notified if any changes happen you know, if you have mortgages, you know, go and check. Make sure no one is calling on your behalf because one of the things that, that has been put out there is is typical KYC. Know your customer information, which is your name, your address. You know, think about the things that companies ask you when they're when you, when they're trying to verify if it's you on a phone call. It's your full name, it's your address and your date of birth. So if you have lost if that information is put out into the open, you know, then you know you you stand. You run the risk of of being um, of people doing things on your behalf. So we got Justin back in. Justin, give me a test. Yeah, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Perfect. Please, Lord, today. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so talk to us about about the work that you are doing with True Me ID, your company. Okay, so Trumi ID is a digital identity company um, where our focus is really about creating trust in online transactions. Um, we know that the world has shifted and we're now at a place where we probably do more online transactions than in-person transactions, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's with government, whether it's with business, whether it's peer-to-peer. -peer. Um, and one of the challenges that we would have seen throughout the years or within the last year or so um, is that challenge of how do we identify that person behind the screen, um, mm. you know, behind that phone, behind the computer. So we have been poised and very, very laser focused in that space specifically right. in terms of how do we identify people, businesses, companies, organizations that operate digitally. 
Now, what inspired the creation of True Me ID and how does it aim to build trust in online transactions? Okay, so like everything else, probably everybody says within this time, COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, one of one of one of the business partners that we work with said, you know, the, the Ministry of Digital Transformation was actually COVID. Um, right. You know, it was that that machinery that got us to move in a direction where, you know, that is where we need to think and where we need to go. Probably, right. you know, five years ago, but you know, that would have led to it. Right. Um, we were doing some work with the Ministry of Social Development at the time uh, in Trinidad. Um, and when the conversations came up, even about uh, doing some of the COVID grants and that sort of thing, um, again, everybody was remote. So the mm-hmm. question was, how do you identify this person that is applying from their computer? How do you know for sure? And, you know, we had all sorts of ad hoc and temporary solutions, you know, asking somebody to take a selfie, holding their ID card next to their face, <laughs> um, you know, hold it on your chest, all these different things. Yeah. Um, but none of them provided the same level of uh, verifications that you probably would have done in person. Right. Um, and I think so that kind of led us to search because there is a, pro- a problem. What is the best solution for this? And. We realized that there were solutions that were out there long before, um, you know, COVID that mm-hmm. were allowing these type of transactions to be verified. Right. So it was just a matter of leveraging it. Um, little did we know that uh, the way that we would have had to go about it was a lot more mountainous than fully first <laughs> anticipated. Um, because initially it was just Trinidad, you know, a number of countries uh, started realizing the same issue and we had that. But when we realized one of the major things with the solutions that existed already is yeah. that they primarily focused on one particular identity document, which is passports. Right. Um, it's not something that is widely circulated, as one may think. Um, and also, it doesn't re- uh, cover the entire gamut of your population, because there right. are many people that don't um, have a passport is a, is a functional ID. You know, right. only if I know I'm going to travel, I would probably get a passport. Um, right. So if I just have to get identification, I'll probably just have my national ID card or maybe even a driver's license. Yeah, and that's um, pretty much so it. The, the, yeah. yeah, so the goal was how do we get uh, the same level of verifications in person digitally? So how Trumi ID does that is two ways. Uh, we leverage AI and machine learning um, and use different uh, OCR algorithms. Um, we would have trained our AIs to learn the security features of all our national ID documents Um not just in Trinidad and Tobago, but within the region, mm-hmm. uh, which is over 300. <laughs> right. Wow. Um, as I said, it was very, very, very mountainous task. Um, but we are there now uh, to be able to get that database in. Um, and once we're able to verify the documents, then we use AI uh, to capture the image on the document on your ID. Mm-hmm. And you take a selfie and it kind of matches both to ensure that there is uh, match between both and then that pretty much gives you a binding digital ID in that form right. um, so an, a, a, a business or a company or a government organization can now rely on this sort of device on this sort of service to ensure that when somebody submits that information and I mean everybody has their phones you could take a selfie just the same way we take all these selfies for instagram and facebook yeah um and you do that sort of verification in a very easy and seamless way 
Now, how important is the work of True Me ID today? Because, I mean, I just came back from, I mean, you just came back from the Bahamas as well for a week earlier before me. And then the <laughs> right. week after, I was there for the Cybersecurity Symposium. And one of the things that, um, that I had seen is one of the, the vice president for MasterCard was talking about how they do, how they handle IDs and identification in the digital space. And he was showing us a live example of how hackers are using AI and using your, using AI um, to show up in videos. And he was showing us how they are, they, they're able to now tell if, if somebody's using an AI generated image or an AI generated video because you can't move your face in certain angles. But the point is, is that people are using AI to replicate people's images, right? And we are seeing now, you know, with the big data breach, but we'll get into that, people's IDs, their passports, um, their, their, their ID cards are being, are being, um, have been leaked online, you know. So how important is the work of True Me ID and what you guys are doing in the space that we are in today? Okay, so, so that's, that's a great question. Um, and what the, uh, the CEO from MasterCard was showing um, is something that all also fits within our algorithm and what we do, which is deep fake technology. Um, and what we use is something called liveness. So liveness is something that where, even though I mentioned the word selfie, it feels like that. It's very simple and, you know, as a selfie. But what is happening behind the scenes is a lot more. Right. Um, it's really, it's really a video. Um, usually, you know, there is active liveness and there's passive liveness and not to, you know, confuse any of your listeners mm -hmm. to make it very simple and easy. It's really just a matter of, um, asking the, the user to do a couple of things in that moment that will never be asked again. It will be this one-off thing. Mm -hmm. It may ask you to turn your head to the right. And right. the, the AI understands that this is what you should be doing. It looks at the, your your face. And if you are not doing that, if you're not replicating exactly what it asks, it will not allow you to pass through as this is a verified person. Right. Um, so, you know, that, that thing called deep fakes in terms of the internet right now is wide. I mean, we would have known one of the most popular ones would be like the Tom Cruise videos. Um, right. Yeah, where we would see, you know, this actor who you know pretends to be tom cruise in videos you know right. not in a malicious way for entertainment right. um but it just proves that i could now take a picture of karen and you know i could be doing all these different things um as karen in right. those videos in those images so the technology has to be efficient enough and one of the things i like about what we're doing and where we're at with trimmy id you know we have been you know, so frustrated with, you know, the process of where we're at. And, you know, as, as an entrepreneur, you know, you, you just want to get out there. Right. Um, but I think the timing of where we are at in terms of our development and being able to launch now gave us the opportunity to see some of the current issues that other providers uh, are now trying to grapple with. Um, so some of those same things like deep fakes and, and some of the AI generated uh, images because that's something that people ask us all the time. What if somebody takes my selfie from on Facebook and they have my ID card? Could they now generate a digital ID as me? Right. Um, but because of that element of liveness specifically, and we do liveness for documents as well. Right. So you can't just upload a document. You have to hold the document in your hand and actually take a scan of that document. So it, uh, the AI automatically knows that this is a real document in front of it and not just something that somebody created in Photoshop. 
That's one wow. side. And then on the second half, that liveness of the person to ensure that it's a real person authenticating right now in that moment. So those are the two things that ensures exactly what you're speaking of. Wow. 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 That's, that's, that's crazy. Um, so let me ask a question now. Now, what are the key challenges that Trumi ID faces in the digital identity verification market? So, uh, you know, I love these questions you guys are asking. <laughs> um, great, great alley-oops right now. Um, so what is happening is, and I, I was listening to one of the earlier interviews. I just caught it at the end. And the guy that was speaking um, said exactly, I'm, I'm going to repeat his words you know, data protection acts, you know, proper frameworks, regulations that allow us to operate in this space in the way that we should. Um, the challenge in even having a conversation, and, and Karen would probably be able to speak to this directly, it's crazy that you will go to other countries and you may just happen to literally bump in to the prime minister or bump <laughs> in to the, 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 the attorney general in the space, and they're interested in the conversations. And I'm not making the conversation political at all, but I'm saying just the access to these conversations, to the decision makers, to the people who are supposed to be put in the necessary framework to protect us as citizens, um, data is the new oil. And I think this may be the easiest way to probably speak to probably our government and our you know leaders. If we think about data in the same way that we will protect our oil reserves and our oil fields, we would put the same effort in protecting our privacy and our data that is, that is out there. Mm -hmm. um, and the same emphasis should be put in that space. We spend millions of dollars to secure, you know, the petrotrins and the, these places because that is what we believe is our big, you know, resource that we have. Data is that thing as well, you know. Um, people will go to the ends to try to breach data um, centers to get information because that is what sells on the market right now. Um, you selling six gigs of data on the on the black market is probably worth more than 100,000 barrels of oil. Wow. Um, Say that again so for us. Like, Say that again for us. You know, you selling, you know, on the black market, six gigs of data is probably worth more than 100,000 barrels of oil. Hmm. And I'm saying that for all leaders to understand that you know, something like a, a data breach, you know, whatever way you want to look at it is not just something that happened to a company. You know, the the amount of money, we have a conversation with a bank right now that is, is, is pretty much saying to us, if you guys could really solve this problem that you say you could solve, it probably is going to save us close to 5 billion US dollars a year that we've been spending in this region. In the Latin region, identity theft and data breaches allow for banks and financial institutions to have to spend a lot of money in insurance payments in payments back to customers who would have lost money because you know people go out there and spend all their money based on their bank statements and when you get to check it and you realize there was a hack you have to now compensate the actual customer um and those are the little things so it's like this kind of deep level problem that we're solving it sounds like something cool you know you have this digital id everybody's speaking to that but there's so much more fundamental issues that we're treating with because the world has shifted completely into that space where before what would have been difficult or what would have been the challenges is somebody going in with a gun and robbing a bank 
Now they're doing it from behind their computer. So our entire mindset and the way that we operate has to shift. And it goes back to the question that you asked, Janine, which is, you know, what are some of the, the, the challenges? It's really about having those conversations because, um, you know, the same thing happened in the payment space and all these, you know, fintech spaces where we are creating these things, we are creating organizations, we are creating, but we're not speaking to the people that are actually in there doing the work um, and understanding what the actual challenges are. It's one thing to read a white paper. It's one thing to read, you know, something that came out of some organization, but it's another thing to deal with the people that are dealing with the customers that face these problems on a daily basis. Wow. You said, you said a lot there. And I think one of the, one thing that you said that, um, that I was saying to a couple of people as well was that, you know, when we were at the Caribbean investment forum, you, that the fact that you had the prime minister there, you had the deputy prime minister there, you had multiple ministers there interested in all the conversations. They were there for D3 or for web three. They were there for web three. They were there for the cybersecurity symposium. They were there for the investment forum. That was weeks upon weeks of of all key ministers and the prime minister in all of these different summits. Because as the prime minister for Bahamas was saying, he's like, "Yo, we're trying to we're trying to take Bahamas to the next level. We are pushing and we're pushing for Bahamas to be on the next level on every single frontier." And the fact that he is there in person taking in these conversations. You're just leading by example. You can tell the seriousness of the events that are happening and the topics that are coming Absolutely. out, you know? So when you hear, so Justin, when you hear a situation like what we're going through right now, you know, everybody kind of woke up this morning and they're now kind of seeing, you know, front and center, one million accounts uh, have been leaked online and it's things from passports, driver's license, uh, ID cards, addresses, phone numbers, bank statements, police reports, all of these things have been leaked online. And that was just within the six gigs of the sample that was that was Correct. put up. We don't even know how much Correct. data was actually captured. You know, from where you sit, how bad is this this breach? I mean, based on the information that it, that is out there, it's 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 a very horrible it's a horrible situation. Um, it's as I said, it's very deep rooted. Uh, you know, for some people, it would just be, you know, I saw an article and I think looking at your video where the conversation was, you know, we do terabytes of data a day, so six gigs kind of downplaying the idea of that. And I'm saying, again, <laughs> as I mentioned before, six gigs of data for information that is, is this is not videos. These are images. These are documents. So six gigs are, are, is a lot of information, mm. right? Um, to, to, you know, a week at store maybe 100,000, you know, digital IDs, if it is that we were supposed to do it with just the regular way that it's done. And they, that may not even come up to a gig of, of, wow. of, of, of storage. So six gigs, so based on what the data is, it's it's a lot. That's one thing. Two, um, and the way that I'm, I'm going to answer it both ways, in terms of what Trimi ID is doing, as well as the way that the world has to move, um, we we have we have based our entire solution on decentralized um, storage. What that simply means is that there is no one place that anybody will be able to go and get access to the data that we have. There will be no hard drive. There will be no cloud storage that is in one particular place. So think blockchain when you think the decentralized data. 
Mm -hmm. um, and it simply means once you finish going through the verification of Trumi ID, this information is only stored on your device. Your information is on your device. We never store your data. We never store your passports, the images that we... It's simply, if we, if we are doing this, let's say for a bank, the information is now passed to the bank in terms of the way that we're currently doing it. We don't store the information. We just do the verifications. Now, what we are trying to employ our clients now to do is to shift into that same decentralized way of storage. But again, that requires certain types of regulations. Um, and I'll give a quick example of what I mean. We have had this conversation, as you would have been aware, in Bahamas. And right now we have a, a conversation that will come up with the Central Bank and the Securities Commission in Bahamas that they are willing to potentially shift their policies um, to allow for some of the conversations we're having. And what that simply means is it's, it's really a dangerous thing for a company that may just be a startup to now have access to, let's say, 5,000 users personal identifiable information just stored on some hard drive in their office. But the way that the regulations currently exist is that if you go into the bank to open an account, you work with two forms of ID, utility bill, all these things, they take copies of it and they store it in a, in a file cabinet somewhere. Mm -hmm. If you're operating in the digital realm, the conversation is now about having the same thing done just on a hard drive that if the Securities Commission or the Central Bank requires... Um, to, to audit you in some way, they can walk into your office and they can have access to these PDF files or whatever. That is a very dangerous thing because unless all these companies are now going to set up the type of firewalls and cybersecurity you know, uh, structures, you're putting people's information at risk. And what we're pretty much talking about right now is that the way that the world has shifted again in identity and data storage is encrypting all this data, hashing it, storing it as a hash, um, which simply means that you trust that the initial information that you verified exists. Um, right. You know, it, w the thing is, we're not, you're not going back in a file cabinet to look for my passport that I, when I opened my account 10 years ago, it's of no use right now because that is, you know, something that is outdated or whatever. But you trust that because you did that authentication, you did that KYC. When I initially started, I continued to be a customer. We could operate in the same way. You do the verification, you show that this is the person that they claim to be, and you just encrypt their, their, their information and store it somewhere. So it means that if somebody hacks any sort of database, um, that is all they find. They find a string of alphanumeric characters, and that's about it. There is no way to regenerate that into something that, like a passport or a file. So it's really the way that we need to be thinking um, it's very advanced in terms of from where we are at, but it is something that we have to quickly do to ensure that, again, people's privacy and their information is very much protected in the way that it should be. Because as Kaden was talking about it, there are people that sit down on a daily basis trying to find ways to breach all these things. That's, that's their job. That's their goal, hmm. you know, to breach data centers, to hack. I mean, and big companies get hacked. Companies that spend hundreds of millions, millions of dollars yeah. get hacked you know so if you are not up there you know who are you you're just making it easier so um really and truly it, it's it's really about as i said how we approach these these situations one how we handle 
the aftermath of it, which I think has been poorly handled, obviously. Um, but two, in terms of how do we learn from it and figure out what directions we could take to make these situations not occur again. Wow. Interesting. Now, um, I would like to know, can you provide us with an example of how Trumi ID has helped businesses or even individuals prevent fraudulent transactions from happening? Okay, so the simplest way, um, we're doing some integrations right now um, with credit unions. And what it would be is just to ensure that the same way that you're able to get into your phone, if you have an iPhone, it's your face ID. Um, for you know other users, it's different biometric um, uses, right? Whether it be fingerprint or whatever type of biometrics that are used. Um, we utilize in the same methods to ensure that once you're using a remote form of, you know, login to any sort of one to ensure that you claim ownership of your account. So let's use credit union ABC um, is going to do this rollout. It's probably going to send an email out to its users saying, you know, in order to continue using your app or your online banking, you need to re-authenticate into the system. Um, they already have some information about you in terms of whether it be your ID. And you're pretty much just going to do the same flow that I just mentioned, scan a, a government ID that is current, um, do a face verification, and this will now ensure that we will match that against the database that they have. So for your account in particular, you do this to be ensure that it's really Janine that is logging into her account. And every time you do that, um, it makes your account even stronger because when you do the login you may just be required to do a, a, a like that same face id scan to actually get into your account or even if you're doing a particular you know high risk transaction it may ask you to do something else um but in those ways it ensures that it's only the owner of the account that is able to log into the account and to do transactions in their account um, and that is probably one of the i would say quote unquote easiest ways um then sure it, it it it's something that works both ways you would feel more secure knowing that somebody can't log into your account um because right now the easiest way to log into account is a user id and a password right. um and the problem with those things are if i have a password that is very easy somebody can guess it if i make it very hard i might forget it so the alternative is what writing it down which makes it more accessible to somebody else so you have all these different ways that shows that usernames and passwords are absolutely not the best way to secure accounts especially in the financial sector um and one of the things that you have that you will never forget and somebody else would not be able to use in the way that we're looking at it is your biometric data which is your face your fingers something along the lines um, so that is really the way that, or easy example of how we are able to help financial institutions be able to do not just the digital identity side, but our platform also provides um, KYC and compliance. Uh, so it's not just about knowing your customer, but it's also about trusting your customer in the financial sense. But that is the perfect example right. I give. My final question before we wrap is, you know, now that, you know, the breach has happened, the data is out there. We know the companies have the money, the resources to go and rebound and patch up whatever they got to patch up and whatnot. But for the regular citizens who now have 
passports, IDs, all their information, home addresses out. And it's not just the dark web anymore. It really is just online because, like, you know, last time we've Correct. checked, it's over 10,000 people have downloaded the files, right? So what can people do now? Um, what are some basic things they could start to do to begin to protect themselves? And what are some ways they should start probably, I guess, you know, looking to be vigilant, you know, calling banks, changing power? What are some things that they could do? Yeah, definitely. Um, in, the, in the things that you have control over, in terms of your passwords, your usernames, you know, change them. Um, in terms of, um, you know, the ID documents being out there, the challenge with that is really on the, the, the issuing authorities, you know, to figure out what is the best way for us to treat with um, sort of kind of rebinding people's information. And when I say rebinding, um, if somebody is to use it now, it's not to say that you're going to reissue, you know, a million driver's license or one million passports over, but really kind of, there are, you know, some quick steps that I wouldn't want to share specifically <laughs> mm -hmm. because it's really, you know, the best way to do it behind the scenes. Um, but there are ways that these issuing authorities could do things on their back end that if somebody is to now try to utilize the what may be considered the old IDs um, or the IDs that are currently out there, um, especially in the digital realm, because that would be the only way that would make sense for a hacker to use it. It would make no sense. I'm not going to try to recreate the actual ID document and walk into a bank with it because I'm not that person. So I'm going to try to use it remotely. And there are ways that, as I just mentioned, that you it shouldn't even be the requirement right now to send these documents via email or hmm. to submit these documents in this type of way. We really should try to put a quick stop to those requirements, which could only come from regulations and change in regulations and policies. But that is really what is one of the, the, the first steps that we'll have to do. Unfortunately for an individual, there's not much that they can do in that process um, unless they choose to you know, go and try to get those things changed. But they see some people may not even know what is out there. Right. You know, is my document included? Which one of my documents out there? You know. If it is, as I, I would have heard mentioned, people's addresses out there, you can't yeah. really move. <laughs> you know, it's not, that's not an option you have. Yeah. So it's really how do you try to, it's really on the issuing authorities, as I said, you know, the passport office, the transport authorities, all these different things to create simple patches, as I said, of how those things could be used digitally. Um, and one simple example is ensure that if if I'm if I'm submitting something to a bank and the bank wants to do a verification that it's me, that they're able to leverage even through a simple API to verify that the information is being used by the actual person. And and a tool like what we have um is is going to be required because simply if I submit all my documents to you, then you just send me a link to say, hey, just do a quick selfie verification so we know it's you. Um that would be a way because obviously the person, the hacker that has it, it's not you. Right. So it would be very difficult for them to be able to, to make that final, you know, check. So things like applying for credit cards without being able to verify that I'm the actual person, all those things are really what the bodies, the issuing authorities, the banks, they now have to step in and change their, their modus operandi to ensure that the way that we operate with digital um, IDs and, and, and data and information is changed to ensure that people's information is as secure as possible.
This was extremely, extremely enlightening. Justin, where can we learn more about uh, True Me ID and the service that you guys are offering? Yeah, so we're, uh, you can visit our website, trueMeID.com. That's www.trumeid.com. Um, and follow us on socials. You know, we just kind of get into the social space because, you know, we wanted to ensure that our product is out there and ready for the world before, you know, we enter into that space and, you know, show ourselves off. Yeah, so definitely that's where we're at. Um, and, you know, I think that based on what we're doing currently, we are doing some work within the region, both in the private sector and with some governments. Uh, you'll be definitely hearing from us and more about us very soon. All right. Well, we just want to say thank you so much for taking the time out this uh, this afternoon and giving us all this information, all this healthy information. I know a lot of us, you know, our, our troubles and our worries are put at ease uh, by the knowledge shared here this evening. So we're wishing you the very best. And um, yeah, talk to you soon. Yeah, just we will definitely be in contact. <laughs> definitely. Thanks again, guys. No problem. Have a blessed one. All right, so that was Justin Lett from True Me ID. Uh, extremely enlightening conversation. And huh, Janine, how are you feeling? It's been a heavy day. I'm feeling very, um, to be honest, my, my, my RBC card has been given trouble. I called the bank Wednesday. I called the bank yesterday. My RBC card probably has been given trouble since about Monday, so it concerns me now more than ever. Um, thank goodness I do have online banking when it comes to RBL, but I feel like I want new cards and new passwords for everything, you know, just in case. I just feel like that might be the better route, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's this is a lot to, to, to process for a lot of people who might... It's a lot to process yeah. for the tech-savvy people. Because I just... I got <laughs> the other day and it wasn't nice. Correct. It's not a nice feeling at all. It's a lot to process for tech-savvy people. I can't even imagine what it's like for the non-tech savvy people trying to wrap their minds around again just the gravity of the situation. You know, like I said, just this, just I woke up Monday morning to put money in my credit card and I realized, wait a minute, fraudulent transactions. Huh. And then I go online and I'm seeing hundreds of people talk about fraudulent transactions with with Republic Bank and uh, charges coming from AliExpress, from Amazon. You know, we're days away from the from the data dump. We're seeing uh, Southwest South South um, Regional Health Authority getting hacked. There's a lot of high profile hacks that are happening as we speak, and and and, and at the core of it, at the crux of it, is your personal information. It's your data, your medical information, your home information, your IDs. So there's a if again. Cyber October was Cybersecurity Awareness Month, and we've had the world of cybersecurity breaches and leaks that have happened. Now is a time I could only hope that this is the catalyst for change in terms of legislation and change the way that things are uh, that things are done. Because just kind of piggybacking off of what Justin has said, you know, really and truly. If, if certain things were done, they shouldn't even, like this type of information shouldn't even have been able to be leaked because it would have been encrypted, it would have been scrambled, it would have been hashed. So we'll see what the next steps are. I definitely hope that the minister comes out and has a good word. I would love to see, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, the hack could happen to any company. What I would love to see is TSCT 
try to start doing some programs where they're telling people they they bring on cybersecurity specialists and they start trying to help people with what the next steps are. If your data is out there, what are those next steps? Mm-hmm. I would love to see TSCT take that road rather than downplay. Oh, it's only a couple of gigabytes. Yada, yada, yada. You know what? Okay, it's happened. What next? And I think if we can start to get TSCT coming out, get your cyber team, get specialists, start getting them onto platforms, whatever platforms you guys choose, and start trying to educate the public as to what they can do to put themselves in better security um, so that this, so that whatever happens with their IDs, the damage is, is, is minimized or kept to a minimal, you know? Mm-hmm. Jen, closing thoughts before we, before we get out of here. Y'all just be safe out there this weekend, please. Um, monitor your accounts. That's, what I, that's the best I could say. Change your passwords, as they told us. Like, I don't even know my password. <laughs> I don't know what password. I don't know what could change it, but... Um, forgot your password for you. All of them. Forgot your password. No, click on the forgot your password links for all of them. All of them. Yeah, uh, we, we definitely got to do it. So, folks, you know, just, just as, a, as a closing remark, you know, go check your accounts. There's a lot of things that are happening. It's better to be safe than sorry, you know. Don't wait until, you know, you're leaving the country and then you realize, oh, wow, you know, fraudulent activities were done on your name and you're left last minute holding the bag. You don't want that to be you, right? Um, don't let that happen to you. So go do your due diligence. Go check to see if anything's were done in your name. Check to see if any activities that, it, you know, even call, even call your institutions and say, hey, has anybody called in, you know, within the last two, three days? Go and ask. Go and find out. You can ask. Remember, all of these companies have records. They're keeping records of all the call-ins that are, that are happening. So you don't know what is out there. You don't know what is being done. So any, any of the companies that you have some serious um, relationships with, you know, it could be your banks, your mortgage companies, you name it, call in these companies and just say, hey, you know what? I'm afraid, you know, the, the, the data leak happened. I just want to ensure that, you know, nobody called in in my name, you know, in the last couple of days. Do that and protect yourself. And, you know, we'll see how this thing unfolds over time. But, yeah, do your best to protect yourself. So that is it from us this week. Uh, my name is Karen Rose. We got the girl Janine. Bye, guys. Janine, And we will see you guys every single Friday from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. right here on The Digital World on Freedom 106.5. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability, the all-new talk radio, Freedom 106.5.